0: You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day.
1: Well, hello, everybody. How are you? Good. So glad that you are here today. My name is Chesney. I'm the family ministry pastor, and it's my privilege to get to bring the first message in this brand new series called One Another. Now, maybe you're wondering, what does one another mean? Well, there's a lot of times throughout the New Testament where uh, the writers in the New Testament challenge us to do certain things for one another. And so that means uh, people that you live with, people that you go to church with your brothers and sisters in Christ in particular. So I thought I would give you a little Bible trivia today. Okay, how many of you like trivia, just in general? Okay, a few of you. All right, so I just have one question. And so this is the question. About how many times do you think the word one another is used in the New Testament? Do you think it's A, 23, 23 times? Do you think it's B, 58 times? Or do you think it's C, 72 times? Now, how many of you think the words one another are used in the New Testament? Do you think it's A? How many of you think A? Anybody? Okay, a few. All right, what about B, 58? Anybody? A few more of you. All right, C, 72. Y'all, see, y'all go back to those rules about always pick C, don't you? Like the SAT tests and stuff. Well, today it didn't work because the correct answer is B, 58 So who who said 58? You are correct. You win nothing. I'm sorry about that, but thank you for playing along. So today we're going to unpack the one another that is encourage one another. Encourage one another. That's the one that we're going to be talking about today. Well, there was a pastor that had decided it was time for him to um, retire. And so the, the church decided they would give him a farewell dinner. And as he's at this, uh, this meeting, this farewell dinner, he decides he'd walk around. He kind of encouraged people, you know, as he's leaving, that kind of thing. And he finds this one lady over in the corner, and she's crying. So he goes over, and he says, oh, don't worry. You know, they're going to find another pastor. He's going to be better than me. He's going to be much better. So don't, don't you worry about anything. And she looks up at him with tears coming down her face. And she says, that's what they said the last time. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. Sometimes our encouragement backfires, okay? But, but we should always remember, you know, everything that we say should be true, but not everything should be said, right? So that was kind of the case with this lady. However, God still challenges us to encourage one another. In fact, the writer in Hebrews says it this way. Encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Encourage one another, but all the more as you see the day approaching. I don't know about you, but when I think about encourage, I think that a good definition of encourage is simply to give courage. To help someone be brave. To inspire their faith to face a challenge. And I think that's just a really good, simple definition of encourage. But the writer says something a a little more. He says, and all the more as you see the day approaching. What is the day? Well, if you read in Acts chapter 1, Jesus, remember, he had been crucified on the cross. He went to the grave. He rose from the dead after three days. And he was on the earth about 40 more days. And so when it came time for Jesus' earthly ministry to end, he was called back up to heaven. And like physically, people could see him going back up to heaven. The Bible even says that the angels stepped out and said, don't worry, this Jesus, this same Jesus that you see going to heaven now, is going to return one day. And that is the day that this writer is talking about. There's an urgency. Why? Because Jesus is going to return. And so our job, I think one of the most spiritual things you can do, Turn to your neighbor and say, it's spiritual. I think one of the most spiritual things you can do is encourage one another. So that's what we're going to look at today. The first way that I think we can encourage one another is this. Number one, encourage one another sincerely. Encourage one another sincerely. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul tells us, This. He says, encourage anyone who feels what? Anyone who feels what? Left out. Help all who are. And then he goes on to say something that's really hard and be what? With who? Oh, that's just really hard, right? I mean, not just the nice people, you know, but the people that get on your nerves. Everyone, he says. It's chock full of hard things to do, but I think one of the ways that maybe we can take this verse and use it to be sincere because people are left out, people who feel neglected, people who feel overlooked or are the weak, people who it's hard to be patient with. I think if we put this one word in our minds and in our hearts, and that's the word empathy. Empathy. What is empathy? Well, empathy is simply imagining yourself in another person's shoes. I think for me, sometimes sympathy is like I've been, a person's been through something and so they can totally relate. Like if you had a death in your family and someone else has a death in their family, maybe moms or dads or grandparents, you kind of get that. You know what they're going through. You can sympathize. For me, empathy is when I really don't know but I can imagine what you must be facing. Let me put it this way. I have a three-year-old. His name's Drew. Drew. And Drew doesn't always have the vocabulary or the emotional, uh, um, I guess, IQ to help. Let me know what he's going through. And so he just cries, right? When he doesn't get his way, when he doesn't get to do what he wants to do, he just cries. And so uh, he doesn't have the ability to sit down and say, Oh, mother, I'm so frustrated, and this is why. No, he just cries. And, and some of you have little brothers or sisters or little kids. You understand this. And so what I have to do is try to put myself in his shoes. To try to understand that he doesn't have the, the language skills, the relational skills to sit down and talk with me. Now, middle school, I remember middle school, right? It was traumatic, okay? I remember middle school. High school, that was some of the best years of my life, I remember high school. Three, I don't remember. And so I can't go back and really remember three, so I just have to imagine. You know what? There's things that you've been through, I don't understand. There's things you're going through right now, I don't understand. But I can try to imagine and put myself in your shoes. And I think that's where it starts in being sincere and trying to help us get to the place where we can empathize with one another. And you say, well, Chesney, it's still just really hard for me. I mean, people that are just get on my nerves, I don't know how to do that. You know what you can do? And this sounds so simple, and this sounds like, of course, something you would hear at church, but I'd ask you to pray. Pray and ask God to open your eyes up to people that are hurting and how to encourage them sincerely and how to put yourself in their shoes. And I think God will give us a spirit of empathy. You know, a lot of people just want to encourage people that can help us get to the places that we want to get to, right? You probably see this a lot at work. If you have jobs where people sometimes will encourage or will say kiss up. You know, to people that can help them get to where they want to get to, right? You've seen this. But Jesus here is challenging us not only to encourage the powerful, but to seek to serve the powerless. And so that is when empathy comes in. And we begin to imagine what it's like to be in another's shoes. Encourage those who feel left out and those who feel weak. Take a moment to consider somebody in your life that might need encouragement. And maybe just jot their initials down and let's encourage them this week. Number two, I think we can encourage one another another way, which is specifically. Specifically. So not only sincerely, but also specifically. Hebrews goes on to say, the writer says this, Think of ways to encourage one another. Will you circle that? Think of ways to encourage one another. And then what happens? When you encourage one another, it pushes them toward outbursts of love and good deeds. So sometimes when we encourage, we're vague. But there's something very powerful about a specific encouragement. There's something very powerful when someone says, I value your friendship because you listen. When they say, I value your work ethic because you always finish what you start. And if you're really struggling, you can say, you know, the way you make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches is so good. The peanut butter to jelly ratio is just perfect. So that's what you can tell your mom's kids, you know, when you're just really struggling to encourage them. That's something you can use. But be specific. Be specific in how it is that you can help others to feel God's love. Jesus did this. And it wasn't just feel-good words. It was actually a spiritual act. You remember Peter. How many of you guys remember reading about Peter in the New Testament? Jesus' disciple Peter, okay? So Jesus has this this disciple Peter. He's one of the twelve. And Peter's name in in the Greek is Petros, which means pebble. Maybe you remember the story of when Jesus told Peter that he would not be called pebble, but he would be called rock. And when, he, and when Jesus, in this account, when Jesus told Peter that he was going to be named rock, he was anything but a rock. He was impulsive. He was hot-headed. He said things that he didn't mean. He did things that he wished he had not had done. But Jesus spoke to not what he was, what he could be to not who he was but what his potential was and so I would challenge you whoever you're with at school whoever's in your home whoever you work with don't speak to a person for who they are but who they can be and that helps us to encourage one another sincerely one of the sayings that we have around here that pastor uses a lot And he used it a lot throughout our Family Matters series. And if you missed any of that, go back and listen to it. It would be worth it. And one of the things that maybe you remember he'll say is, if you don't like what you're seeing, then watch what you're, does anybody know? Saying. If you don't like what you're seeing, watch what you're saying. Let's speak to people's potential. Not where they are, but who they could be. And I don't know if you know this, but people receive appreciation in different ways. Probably some of you have read the five love languages book if you're married or if you have children there's one for kids and people receive it in a in a different way and so maybe you want to do a little homework on a person that you're just not getting through to them is it through quality time is it through words is it through a pat on the back maybe it's a gift that's why I'm broke because my husband's love language is gifts and so he likes gifts. So there's five of those. Figure out which one of those people receive appreciation the best and use it in order to encourage them in the way that they hear it. That's what's so important. Well, I think the third thing that we can do after we pray and ask God to help us be sincere and help us see times to be specific is to do this, is to encourage one another regularly on a daily basis. This is what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 3 and 13. He says, encourage one another day after what? So we should encourage one another daily, right? We shouldn't be stingy with our encouragement. So when you think something good, say it. When you think something good, Facebook it, tweet it, post it, Instagram it, whatever. Write it down, mail it. When you think of something good, say it. Encourage on a regular basis. One of the ways that we kind of weave into the fabric of SCC in order to make you um, have some regular encouragement in your life is called connect groups. And so connect groups, if you don't know, it's like 10 or 12 people that meet on a regular basis each week for a specific amount of time. And so we've just finished our summer groups, and so we're going to take the whole month of September to sign up again. For October, for fall groups, so October to December, we'll have fall groups. And so you can see inside your program, there's a list of all the groups that we're going to offer this fall. Maybe you want to take that home and look over that list and and come back next Sunday and sign up for one. Or maybe today you know what group you want to join, and you want to write that down. Why is that important? Because it puts you in a place every week to receive regular encouragement. And not only that, but you have an opportunity to give regular encouragement. And that's so important, especially if you're a follower of Christ. You need to be a part of doing that every day. Remember, encouragement is to give courage, to inspire, to help people to have the courage to go through their challenges. And it gives people wind. I would probably embarrass the person whose name I'm going to call Pete Murray. And many of you may know him. Thirteen years ago, Pete Murray began coming to this church He he watched the the church be built. He would say that he would drive down and drive by because he lives just right down the road and would see the the church go up every day. And He would even come down and pray. He he would say he would walk around when it was just a piece of concrete laying here. But the first Sunday that Pete came to church here, I was speaking. And Pete was so kind to come back every time after that and still be a part of our church despite the fact that I was speaking that first day that he came. But Pete has never ceased to encourage me every time I speak. He will find a way. He will call me if he wasn't here, he'll text me, he'll uh, email me, he'll let me know in some way how much he appreciated what happened uh, in service that day. Everybody needs a Pete Murray in their life. Everybody needs a person that says, way to go, even if it's stump. You know what I'm saying? Even if it was bad, find something specific to say to a person when they're having a rough time and encourage them. Because each time you encourage, you give wind. Well, how do you remember to encourage on a daily basis or regularly? And I would say this, set a reminder. And you say, well, that's not very organic, is it? I mean, that kind of, what, what is that about? Well, let me tell you this, it's better than not doing it at all. Every Monday, I have a a task list that comes up in my calendar that tells me to write thank you notes. Every Monday. And so I write to students, or I write to kids, or I write to parents, I write to families, to volunteers, to somebody in my life that I want to say thank you for. Maybe there was a pre-request, and I wanted to let you know that we were praying for you. And so every Tuesday as well, as Diane mentioned earlier, we come in here and we pray for these connection cards. And that's why it's so important for you to at least put your name on it. Because your name gets called out in prayer every week. And so I'd encourage you to make sure that you fill out those connection cards and put, put them in the offering at the end of each service. Set a reminder. Set a, put a note on your, your bathroom mirror, whatever it means, to make sure that you encourage someone each week. I want to turn the tables on you just for a moment and ask you a question. What do you do when you feel down? It probably depends on your personality a bit. Maybe you withdraw, or maybe you seek out a way to find someone to help. But I think Jesus gave us the best solution in Luke 6 and verse 38, and he said this. Give, and it will be given to you. Give, and it will be given to you. What do you need? Let me say it this way. What you need is what you should give. What you need is what you should give. When you're feeling down, I would dare say somebody else is feeling that way too. Could you encourage them? When you're sick, probably someone else is too. Could you find a way to encourage them? When you need something, could you find a way to do that for someone else? Why? Because Jesus said, what we need is what we should give. Give, and it will be given to you. We get what we are. I think the number one way that we can encourage ourselves is by learning to give our life over to the greatest encourager of all, the creator of the universe, Jesus Christ. Jesus wants to be the, the boss or the leader of your life, as I will tell kids every Sunday morning. He wants you to invite him in so that you can have this peace, you can have encouragement in your life on a daily basis. And the way you can do that is to pray the prayer to become a Christ follower. It's right here in your program. Would you take that out? Would you read it? Would you mean it with all your heart? And when you do that, Jesus will come in. And the greatest encourager of all time will step into your life. All we ask is that on the back of your connection card you just mark the box that says today I'm becoming a Christ follower. I hope that you'll do that so that we can pray for you, so that we can help you along in your journey. We have a special guest with us today. He's a person that's been a friend to this church for as long as I've been around, over 18 years. He's a person that, his native country of Pakistan, he oversees 200, over 200 Christian churches. Isn't that amazing? 200 Christian churches in Pakistan. And he's going to come and he's going to talk to you about the stories of people there encouraging one another in the face of death. And he's going to talk to you about how this church has helped to encourage people all over the world that maybe you've not even met. People that you will never even see. But how you've been an, an important part in the encouragement of other believers all the way across the world. Will you please welcome Bishop Jonathan
2: Ramont. Praise the Lord. I greet all of you once again in the precious name of Lord Jesus Christ and I also bring greetings from all the churches that I serve in Pakistan and all the pastors every time I come to America they send their greetings to the church to their brothers and sisters in this part of the world. And I have come to let you know what the church is doing and how the church is doing in that particular part of the world. Many years ago, God called my father because by profession he was an engineer. And he resigned his job and he responded to the call. He suffered financially, but then God provided for him and he opened doors. Not only my father, but this calling goes beyond my grandfather, who had his part in the Pentecostal movement in Pakistan when the early missionaries from different parts of Europe and different parts of America, they went over to Pakistan and the parts of Afghanistan and Iran and planted churches in that part of the world. And a little story I want to share. While my grandfather was ministering and translating in the area of Afghanistan in the borders, my grandfather told us this story. That when he was there, when missionary left from there, so they left some work under the care of my grandfather. So while he was ministering there, situation arose in that area that he had to leave that, the border areas. And my grandfather told me that he failed in that area. He could not do great work. But he says, before I left that area, I stood by the mountains because that area is all surrounded by the mountains. You know, if someone has served in the military in that particular part of the world, he knows what I'm talking about. And my grandfather said, while I was standing there, I made one commitment and promised to the Lord that, Lord, even though I have failed in this area, but if you will give me one chance, just one chance, I will dedicate my whole generation for the ministry work in this area. And let me tell you, my father, there were four brothers, all of them are pastors. And we are three brothers, all of them are pastors. Our family, just our family in that part, now after 40 years when my grandfather has gone to be with the Lord, we have planted well over 200 churches in that part of the world because of the commitment and prayer of my grandfather for that region. And I praise God that your church has a part in that because I remember that I traveled for about 10 years with my father and I have known Pastor Jeff and this ministry from the time when you were in the other church and I used to come with my father and um, I traveled all over America with my father that it is not just we have done that work by ourselves. no. You or many people probably I don't know how many but sitting right there among you who have been a part in that ministry for all those years through your giving, through your encouragement and through your prayers that what we have been doing in that part of the world. And I praise God that in all those years, even though Pakistan is a hub of terrorism, all the terrorist activities that you see around the world, even in America, what just happened in in Orlando and in, uh, in San Bernardino, California, those people were right connected from Pakistan. The guy was born here in America, but he, the whole family came from Pakistan and they, they blew up that area. They killed 18, 20 people. Everything that you see around the world has their roots in that area or even they're being trained in that area. So ministering in that atmosphere is, is, is more than a challenge. It's a, there's a, there are life threats there. I was arrested a couple of times. My father had been in prison several times. There was a time when my father was was accused of being an American spy in Pakistan because a lot of the missionaries used to come and stay with us on our campus. So he was taken into the court and he was was prosecuted for several months under that charge. But all these times, God has protected us because of the prayers and encouragement that we have been receiving from our brothers and sisters here in this part of the world. And I want, I, want, I want to tell you that the Muslims in that part of the world think that Christianity is the invented religions of the Americans. Why? Because of the missionaries you sent in many, many, many years ago, they came over to that part of the world and they served, they planted churches and seed of the gospel in that part of the world. And today up to this day, even though we are living in the end days, The work of the Lord is uh, is growing day and night, and people are coming to the Lord day and night. They're giving their lives to Jesus Christ. One of the greatest need that we have in that part of the world, we used to help our pastors build them churches and provide them bicycles so they can travel in the remote villages and areas. But recently, as the terrorism has been, Growing in that part of the world, we have changed our strategy because it is 120 and 130 degrees heat in that part of the world. So we have been blessing the pastors, you know, not do a hard work on the bicycles. It's good for your health sometime, but when you do over under that heat, it can make you sick. So we have been blessing them with motorbikes in those areas so they can travel. I know last year when I was here, your ministry, your church blessed us with several motorbikes that we passed. We gave to those pastors. And now, if they have to travel into different area where they used to travel like in hours, now they can reach there in minutes. And God is increasing many people in their ministries. Even though it is illegal to convert people from Islam to Christianity by law, we cannot do it. But Christians can convert to Islam. Law is okay with that. So, even though we have all those hardships, people are still receiving Jesus Christ. Our evangelists have been in prison. They have been arrested. They have been beaten. Many of our Church of God pastors were shot. Our churches were bombed recently in the history. Many people were killed. They gave their lives. The blood was shed. But, Work of the Lord is still growing in spite of all what is happening there. I'm telling you a little story about a pastor who's 75 years old in Pakistan. In this age, he's pastoring four churches. And he preaches 6.30 in the morning, 8.30 in the morning, 10.30 in the morning, and 6 p.m. And I believe that he could not have done it if he didn't have the motorbike. If he had to do it in 75 years of age on, motor, uh, on the bicycle, it would have been very difficult. But thank you, church, that you gave, you sacrificed, and you sent your prayers, your support, and we've been buying those motorbikes to those pastors and people serving in different areas. The motorbikes are not just the Harley Davidson. They are just an $850 motorbike, 70 cc 70 cc but it carries up to two people or sometimes three people in the ministerial field and if they had to reach somewhere in two hours on bicycle now they are reaching there in 15 and 20 minutes but they are doing the job and many people are support coming to the lord through that means of transportation amen this morning i want to encourage you thank you for your prayers thank you for your support and when you go back to your homes Do remember Pakistan in your prayers. Thank you very much, and God bless you.
1: (laughs) Encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. People's lives are in the balance. They need to know about Jesus. And thanks to people like you who are providing a way, encouraging people around the world you've never even met, and you may never even meet or know about. You know, there's a saying that uh, you may can survive 40 days, possibly without food. That you may it survive, uh, you know, four days without water. Maybe four minutes without air, but only four seconds without hope. And so you give the people hope when you encourage them at home and around the world. There's one last question I want to ask you. Will you give hope? And it's on your connection card, and it just says, "I will choose to encourage others in my life and around the world." And one of those ways that you can encourage is through prayer and through support. And when something comes to your mind, good, just say it. Will you do that today? Also, as we stand, if you would, um, there's going to be a prayer team member down front through this song, and they're going to pray with you if you need a prayer requ- uh, if you have a prayer request. If there's something that you want prayer for, please come down and let someone pray for you as we close in prayer. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time that we can be together to serve you, the greatest encourager of all. Lord, you line up our steps and you put people in our paths in order that we may know that you exist, that you're real, and that your love for us is real. And so, God, we thank you for that. And we ask, Lord, that if there's anyone here again that may need to know you in a real way that they would ask you to come into their life and when they would make you the Lord of their life so that a channel can be open to you the greatest encourager of all Lord help us to remember that the most spiritual thing that we can do is to encourage one another sincerely specifically and on a daily basis we love you we honor you we thank you for your love for us And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, and we can all say together, amen.
0: Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net, and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.